You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Good evening, family. Good evening. My name is Brent Takeda. Uh, my wife and I just, we serve the singles as shepherds. We just love God and love people. Uh, a lot of people have asked us, do you guys ever want to go to the family ministry? And we, we've happily declined and said no, because we, we love the singles ministry. We truly love them. Uh, last week we talked about reasoning with God and a mission faith from this book called Radical Faith. Ten secrets, ten faith secrets. And I get the most popular topic to talk about, and that's about financial giving. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is second behind dating. So uh, it is, it's going to be intense. I am going to ask, though, if I can get some servants to help me pass out some post-its, please. The, I am a teacher. Go ahead. Come on here. I'm a teacher. We have budget cuts. So these are post-its that my wife gave me. And if you can, everyone, if you guys can get two post-its, everyone's going to get two post-its. I am a teacher for the city of Watts. Yes. Any teachers in the house? Any, anyone in the education field? Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. So I'll wait for the post-its to pass out. And in the midst of you waiting for you to receive your post-it, If you can either pair up with somebody, either someone next to you, in front of you, uh, someone that you feel comfortable with or not, but just pair up with somebody. And if groups of two, groups of two, I definitely have those students who say, oh, Mr. Brent, can we do groups of three? You can definitely do groups of three. That's totally fine. Thank you, servants. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for serving, man. I'll take the extras. A great question I ask in my classroom is, does everyone have anything to write with? Does everyone have something to write with? Awesome. Beautiful. So for those of you who have your post-its and you have something to write with, I want you to just think to yourself right now, and once you take some time to think about it, then you can write it down. Finish this sentence for me, please. God has given me blank. doesn't have to be a one-word answer. doesn't have to be a phrase. You can. I just want you to please finish this sentence for me. God has given me blank. Just by a show of hands, does anyone not have a post-it? Does not have a post-it? You do not have a post-it? You do not have a post-it? Two post-its. Two post-its for two there and there, please.
Thank you, Sam. To the left of you. So for those of you, if you're thinking, and then write down, God has given me this. You guys have about 20 more seconds to think about it and write it down. And after the 20 seconds, the partner that you paired up with, or the persons that you paired up with, go ahead and share with them after 20 seconds. I'll let you know when it's up. After 20 seconds, you're going to share with them what God has given you. Okay? So I'll count in my head 20 seconds. Does anyone need more time? Beautiful. Go ahead with the partner that you shared or that you picked. Go ahead and share with them. What has God given you? I will call you guys back by the loudness of my voice. Go ahead and share. By this time, you have already, you should have switched partner sharing of what God has given them by this time. Cool. Let's all come back together. Let's all come back together. If I can get a few people by a show of raising your hand, what did you share or your partner share that God has given you? Elias, I see you. Go ahead, sir. Your partner shared life. God has given them life. That is true. I can definitely connect with that. Go ahead, Martha here. God has given her eternity and hope. Awesome. I can totally connect with that. Go ahead, Fox. Many opportunities and grace. Awesome. Totally beautiful. Go ahead, sir, right here, Alex. God has given her a second chance to live her life better, is what you said, right? Thank you. I appreciate that. We have time for two more quick ones. Go ahead, sir. And then you. A free place to stay. Amen. That is a beautiful spot. One last one here. God has given her all that she needs and more. That is beautiful. With these post-its, hold on to them. You will, you will get direction of what to use with them afterwards. But what is beautiful is that one of the first principles that this book talks about is that what you give is what you get. 
And for those of you that if this is your first time uh, visiting uh, the our midweek series here, I just want you to know this is really more for the members of the church. But this is really for to see that, man, we are people who love God, love his word, take obeying his Bible and giving seriously. A lot of the past uh, faith secrets that we've had, they were great. And truthfully, this was kind of difficult for me to come up with, even with a book. Because for some people, giving and talking about money is a little difficult. Especially when I have to talk about it in front of people that I love and care about. Hopefully you guys can connect with me on that. But there's this great uh, photo I found from the internet. that says, God is the greatest giver in the universe, and he won't let you outgive him. That is so true because a lot of us, we've talked about grace, second chances, a free place to stay, many opportunities. A lot of us probably have the same ones. And God has given me forgiveness of sins. He's gotten me out of debt. He's gotten me in a position where, man, my relationship with my dad is actually a little bit better. We come from a fatherless generation. There's a scripture in the Bible, the next slide, is Malachi 3, verse 7 through 10. It reads, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. A lot of us here have experienced that already. We've returned to God. And man, what a beautiful experience. What a beautiful life we've already been given. Second chances. It continues, says, but you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings There will not be room enough to store it. I put a a photo of a window opening up to the heavenly skies. And the word that's used for floodgates in other translations, it says, I will not open the windows of heaven. And I love that because what God has given us, we get to see a little piece of heaven. Grace, second chances, a free place to stay. What's interesting is that we did a, uh, as GLB Church, uh, I love that um, the Sosas along with uh, the Bransons and the Deondas, we actually did something called a spiritual evaluation. And it was something that we were supposed to do within our discipling times. And within that, what was really interesting is that there was a significant percentage of disciples in the singles, because we didn't do it as a whole church, but in the singles, a significant amount of percentages that was not giving. And for me... I can understand that. I have definitely robbed God in the past. In the past, when I was a little kid, I used to take money from my dad's wallet. At the end of, in the middle of the night, I would walk around in the hallway, open up his wallet, and I would see $20 bills. And I would take one, go to the bathroom, put it in a drawer, and then sleep. I'd wake up, hmm, nothing happened. Okay. I would do it another night. And another night, and another night, to the point where I myself was able to buy a PlayStation 3 cash 
for $500. I robbed my father. And that's funny. I'm not going to lie. I had a good time with it because I told my parents, hey, where'd you get this money from uh, getting the PlayStation 3? Oh, I sold my Pokemon cards. That was a lie. And here's the thing is that even though when we make mistakes and even in our sin, God still opens up the floodgates just to remind us, dude, I am God. Return to me and I will open up the floodgates. Let me hit you guys with a did you know fact. I did some research according to the labor and statistics. Did you know that just for a Sunday service, $27 per hour per person for an audiovisual team? That's the average. I am so grateful for the audiovisual team outside of Sunday service. Thank you guys so much. You guys are worth way more than the labor and the statistics I've shared. And that goes for the rest of the people I'm going to mention. Did you know that on average, $31 per hour per person for singers and a band? On average. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. I appreciate that. $15 per hour per person for babysitting and childcare. Kids Kingdom. I appreciate Kids Kingdom. Thank you so much. But that's 15 hours per person. That's a lot. $10.50 per hour per person for ushers. Ushers, I appreciate you guys so much. The rest is not, well, there's no need for applause per se, but for the sake of time, $3 is the average parking in Long Beach. The average ticket, though, a lot more. $3 for pie crust. Thank you. Uh, I think Aaron Sugubo, you get the pie crust and make it for us. Thank you. But $3 for pie crust, $3 for grape juice, $5 for people in the ministry. If you are hired by the church or paid by the church, you get $5 per hour Four people in the ministry being on call 24 hours in a day. Five dollars? And lastly, fifteen dollars for a peer coach, specialist, or mentor. For those of you the first time uh, visiting here, we definitely believe in discipleship. We believe in, in this one-on-one relationship that you're just walking with somebody in your lifetime, connecting and moving people towards Christ. And it's fifteen dollars per hour for peer coaching. But here's the thing. God has given us all this. And the one thing I did not share yet is the facility and how much it costs for a facility. And it's probably way more. I'm not a mathematician, but I believe this is over $100. And here's the thing. I'm not here to share about giving because it's about the money. It's about the heart of giving. It's about the heart of giving. The next principle is about your priorities follow your treasure. As a teacher, I can totally connect with this photo. I've actually been in all three circumstances. I waited in line for the first iPhone, the very first one, the OG iPhone. I used my graduation money. This is my actual money. But I waited in line for the first iPhone. I used to work at Best Buy and used to deal with Black Friday lines. 
I don't know if Jose's Quintero is here, but Jose, I appreciate what you do at Best Buy, my brother. But as a teacher, I don't know if any other people in the education field can connect with this, but when it comes down to parent-teacher conferences, it is so difficult. In a school of, at least for me, I have 125 students, I see about maybe 50 parents. And this is the city of Watts. And that's to us, that's a blessing. It's a blessing. A lot of it are single-parent moms. Sometimes they're just brothers, sometimes sisters, because parents are working. I understand that. I can connect with it. But where your priorities follow, sorry, your priorities follow your treasure. Next slide, please, sir. For those of you that are familiar with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, there was uh, sexual morality. There was a lot of turning away from God, a lot of ignoring his laws and decrees. And for me, in my faith, I thought, wow, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were, <clears throat> they were destroyed because of their sexual sin. But the book pointed out a great scripture, and it's in Ezekiel 16, verse 49 to 50. It reads, now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. When it says your sister, uh, God is talking to uh, Jerusalem, the Lord's people. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them, as you have seen. And that hits my core to my bones because, like, wow, it wasn't even about the sexual sin, what God talked about at first. Maybe it replies to the detestable things, but God is really talking about They were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. And I can connect with that because for me, giving wasn't something that I I always wanted to do. I just thought it was something where, okay, I'm just going to give, and that's fine with me. I'm good with God. I didn't really care that it went to the ministry or the benevolence offering or Hope Worldwide or anything like that. And I know sometimes, if you can connect with this, sometimes talking about finances with the person that you're walking with can be uncomfortable. And I know on the receiving end, at least I felt this way, it's like, dude, why are you talking to me about my finances? These are my finances. But at the end of the day, I think we're really just trying to love God and help people like, dude, these are, you, have, you may have questionable priorities, Five decades? That's 50 years. Imagine taking 50 years for someone to finally get it and say, dude, just give generously. It's not about the dollar amount. It's about the heart. It took me only a couple years, but I had to get it. I had to get it. But And the reason why I get it is because of this. This right here is a real photo. One time, I went to the bank, and I made a deposit on some bonds. And I typically did this on a monthly basis, and they usually would give me $3,000. My dad actually gave me these bonds, and even though my dad is, is, is very wealthy in that sense, we all serve, or we serve, a very generous God. And this is where I'm going to tell you where my priorities clashed. When I went to the bank with this bond, I was expecting $3,000 in return. 
That's not $3,000. The bank clerk at a bank I will not disclose said, started questioning me a little bit more. My social, my job. Is this my address? I'm like, this is unusual. Yes, that is all correct. <clears throat> then I started seeing her take out bills and bills and bills. I'm like, that's a lot of money. This is unusual. She said, excuse me, sir, do you mind stepping over to this side of the window? This is a bulletproof window. Even more so. I stepped over to the side. She gave me a bag, and I saw 10000 go in. I was like, this is great. I saw another 10000 and another 10000 $30,000 was in my hand. And I, in my, I was looking on my phone, I double-checked it because I could check the bond value, and I was like, no, this is wrong. This is $3,000. Oh, my gosh, what the heck is going on? And I was like, excuse me, miss, uh, everything here is correct? She's like, oh, yeah, this is correct. Go ahead and go. Just sign this paper. Do you need anyone to escort you out? No. <laughs> I walked out. I immediately did what I thought was the right thing to do, and I called my wife. Babe? I think the bank made a mistake, but I think God is good. I think God just hooked it up with $30,000 instead of three. She's like, you got to go back. This is wrong. I was like, no, babe, God is good. He has rewarded us for all the times we sacrificed and gave. I justified my greed. Do you justify your greed? Here's the thing that was crazy. I thought, dude, we can go and be away with this. This is fine. No one, no issue. Then I called my dad. My dad said, you got to go back. My wife said, you got to go back. We called other brothers in the church. I told them. And here's the thing. I got advice about my finances. I called Stephen Marici. I called Kike. For those of you who know Kike, she works at a bank. I called Kike. Kike, this is what happened. She said, yeah, that's a mistake. You got to go back. Another time in my life, I heard something where even when it was about my finances and I didn't like it, I chose God. In your finances, do you choose God? In your finances, do you choose God? Eventually, willingly, and with a lot of prayer, I'm not going to lie, there was a lot of peace giving it back. There was. There was a lot of peace giving it back. We handed the money over. They gave me the regular amount. I saw the lady at the window, and I was like, oh. it was hard. I'm not going to lie. But it, I was, it was at peace, though, at the end of the day. There was peace choosing God. Next slide. Let me ask you this question. For those of you who've been to Sunday service, and for those of you visiting me have Sunday worship, what if contribution was taken out of Sunday service? Would you still give? Would you f- still f- have the integrity to give? Would you be like, hey, excuse me, uh, so-and-so who's been ushering for so long, they had to didn't do contribution. Where do I give? Or the great thing about our church is that we have online giving. So that when we forget, we can still give. But if contribution was taken out of Sunday service, would you still have the heart to give? I want to say with full confidence, because I love the singles, that I believe we will. 
I believe we will, because I love the singles and I believe in them. I think you would. I think after one week, you'd be like, they didn't really give contribution. Next week's like, this is unusual. We gotta give. We have to give. This is the third principle. Tithing, no. Generosity, yes. It's not about the tithing. Tithing was the Old Testament principle. Generosity, though, is what God is calling us for. I love this photo. It says, God is the perfect model of generosity. And when we are generous with others, it points them to God. There's the scriptures in Proverbs 11, I believe 24. It says, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will he himself be refreshed. He who refreshes others will he himself be refreshed. And I'm definitely refreshed by a man's story. Uh, Jason Rain. I asked Jason uh, to share his story and his kind of starting point with giving uh, and is also his conviction. So I welcome Jason Rain to share. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man. So my story when it comes to giving, um, I grew up in a church and my parents taught me what it was to to give. Like I remember every Sunday we would go and there would always be three containers on the counter and one would be with labeled on the top to God, one would be saving and one would be what you get to spend. And at that point when I was young, I didn't really understand it because you just saw the money disappear and you're like, I really want that video game. I really want that next thing. And it, it took my whole life until really I became a disciple in my 20s to really understand what it meant. Um, I became a disciple and I going through the studies, I all of a sudden started to feel like, okay, wait, there's so much that's been given to me that it's not the dollar value that you give to God. It's the heart behind it. Um, and this part of the chapter like really hit me because when you look at even in the Old Testament or even through the scripture, like a tithe is really just a starting point. Like the heart behind it and the heart to what you're giving to, because we're all here because someone gave something. Someone gave of time. Someone gave their heart. Someone drove to a Starbucks. Someone met you where you were at to be able to help you hear the word of God. And this really didn't click to me until... I got it all taken away from me. Um, I started a full-time career-style job when I was 20. Uh, was in the union, uh, making really good money as a young 20-year-old, spending it pretty much as soon as I got it. Um, didn't start any savings, didn't really start anything to notice until the one day that I woke up and it was in the middle of the night and I just had like this dying pain in my side and I was like, what's going on? And as a young man, you really got two people you can call. You can either call your mom or you can call 911. Well, I chose the latter. And about 20 minutes later, my mom showed up. She kind of like walked in the door laughing because she's like, what are you doing? You need medical help. And I remember just kind of that whole night going through that at that point, I found that I could do nothing, that I needed help. And as I was taken to the hospital and spent about a week in the hospital, uh, just really contemplating what happened and really looking at what happened is I, I noticed that really that I needed help. Um, 
and what that allowed me is because of my illness and, and what happened, I ended up being off of work for an extended amount of time, then which allowed me to go on a Hope mission trip to El Salvador and Guatemala. And that has forever changed my life and my conviction about giving to God. Because just walking around, seeing what people grow up in, and just the blessing that we have by living in the United States hit me hard. Because we're over here being told, like, don't even take your cell phone out to take pictures. Like, people will literally run off with that because that would be months of salary or income for them if they could just take that from you and sell it. And I'm like, I'm just, I carry this around every day. I don't think about it. And the part that really hit me because, yes, we we do give a tithe every week or we do give something to God every week. But the part that really hit me about this is it's it's even more than that. It's the opportunities when we just show up early for church and we just give that person a hug. You never know the person's heart that you're going to touch by just giving that little extra. And so the part that I'm really grateful that Brent allowed me to have an opportunity just to share tonight is because it's it's God's not looking for that dollar amount on the side. You know, what he's really looking at is your heart and what you're giving to God. Because we're all in a different life stage, in a different part in your life story with where God's leading you and where he's connecting you. We all have different jobs. And, you know, the scripture talks a lot about we all have different gifts. And so that's the part is some people's gifts is to be that corporate America CEO to be able to give God in that way. Someone's other gift is to be a teacher like Brent and to and help teach our young to teach them in a different way. And there's so many of us in here that have many, many different gifts. And and I just really want to share it tonight just in my own story that where I hopefully don't have to get everything taken away from me again. But I'd tell you I'd go through it again tomorrow if it meant for me to learn that same lesson. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. I love how you you shared about the tithe and how things taken away from from you, but still choosing God. That's great. And even in the fact of, of giving... In the Old Testament, tithing was a 10% thing that you gave out of your livestock or animals, which is the same thing, food, whatever the case may be. But it was done three times a year. So in that 10%, 10%, 10%, that's 30%. But with the New Testament, with Jesus as a redeemer, he's asked, it's, it's everything. It's everything. There's an excerpt from the book that I really enjoyed. Oh, actually, never mind. I'm sorry. No, you guys, you guys. Go back. Yeah. Before the excerpt, uh, I believe that sometimes our, our giving is like fear factor. I strongly believe that financial giving is a faith issue. I've seen a couple episodes of fear factor. I've seen what they had to eat. I've seen what they had to endure. Uh, next three one, actually. Sometimes they had to be in a kick pit of cockroaches. Oh, I can't stand cockroaches. They had to be in a snake pit or a spider pit. Gosh. I'm, I'm just getting clammy hands just seeing this. Truthfully though, as a college student in the campus ministry before the singles, 
when International Day of Giving came up or Hope Worldwide, when the when those times came up, I had a similar feeling. Oh my gosh, I did not budget for this. There, that is that's how much. Oh, I'm afraid. Like, how is this going to get paid? How is it going to ha- how is it going to work? Because truthfully, I believe because giving is a faith issue. I don't know if you've seen this show before, but if you haven't, contestants are put on a show where they are literally conking their fears of heights, bugs and insects, and nasty things that they eat. And a lot of contestants drop out. It's interesting because I've, 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 I haven't been in the church for a very long time, only about seven going on eight years. But I've seen a similar pattern when I've had conversations with people and I ask them, and they're on the verge of either leaving or they're on the verge of, man, I just don't feel, fill in the blank. And I ask them, how's your giving? And there is a correlation, not a causation, but there's definitely a correlation when it comes to giving and wanting to leave. I don't know what it is. It's really strange. But there's definitely a correlation of lack of giving because of the fear that's behind it, of the faith. I'm going to change the slide because I can see that it's kind of like, This is the excerpt I was referring to earlier. In page 147, it reads, As Christians, under the new covenant with Jesus as our Redeemer and the Holy Spirit, living in us, just applying the tithe law, so just applying the Old Testament 10% tithe law, would be trite and shallow. And even though I am somewhat educated, I did not know what trite meant. So I looked it up. And it meant boring from much use, not fresh or original. Pretty much what it's saying is that just giving a tithe over every and over again, weekly, that can get kind of boring after much use. It's not fresh or original. Maybe you can connect with me being a follower of Jesus. There has been times when I'm like, dude, my faith is just like, whatever. It's just kind of whack. I'm reading, I'm going to Sunday service, I'm worshiping, amen. I just need to get in the Bible study. That's what's going to help my faith. Oh, conference or retreat is coming up? I just need to go to that. That's going to help my faith. I just want to go to the beach, hear the waves crash, and listen to my Hillsong worship music. And that's going to increase my faith. But very rarely have I ever heard of anyone saying, dude, I'm struggling with my faith. Someone else says, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, dude, really. You know what? I just need to give more. I just need to increase my giving. Never, ever have I heard that. Maybe you have. I have not. But I will say, I will. If I'm like struggling, man, I'm like, you know what? I think I need to give more. I think I need to increase my faith. And that's what's going to propel me. Because giving is a faith issue. Giving is a faith issue. I've never heard anyone say otherwise. I love this photo. God never gives you a dream that matches your budget. He's not checking your bank account. He's checking your faith. I love that. He's definitely checking our faith. There's a couple slides before we conclude. Some of you have seen this photo before, and I knew I had to put it in. I knew I had to. I'm going to leave this here. 
For those of you who don't know, Mel Gibson's on the left. He's the producer of The Passion of the Christ, or director. Sorry. This is just a representation of Jesus. And he's leaning in, hearing Mel Gibson. Maybe Mel Gibson is us. And he's leaning in and he says, Tell me again why you don't want to financially give. Tell me again. Do we justify our greed? Do we not think that giving is a faith issue? I love this photo. It challenges my heart. It's real. In closing, this is your move. Most of you guys, actually all of you had a second post-it. You wrote down what God has given you in the first post-it. In my classroom, I love to give the students to leave with something, some type of evidence that they've learned something. So, your move. I suggest pray about your giving. Pray about your giving. And for those of you, if you're members of the church, talk with somebody. Be transparent about your giving. Be transparent. I know it's uncomfortable. Trust me, it's uncomfortable talking to you. But I do it because I choose God. If there's someone that's walking in your life or a handful of people who's walking in your life, talk and be transparent about your giving. If you feel like, you know what? I did all those things. Well, then I suggest to reflect on your generosity. Is your giving trite? Is it boring after much use? Is it not fresh? Reflect and really think, man, is my gener- is my giving, is it considered generous? And let's say you're in the plateau or the conditions that, you know what, it's really difficult to give. I can connect with that. I can relate with that. But my suggestion is to give something. I love how with GLB, with special missions and International Day of Giving around the corners, the challenge is really if you can't Meet the, 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 what we're giving out. Just give something. Give something. Your faith is gonna show that you are willing to give something. Chapter 10 is about, I believe the title is Increasing Faith. I believe that once, as a church, if we can be a debt-free church, a debt-free church, if we can be a church that, man, we are generously giving, We are not justifying our greed, but we are generously giving. Then I believe our faith will increase for sure. The resources that we ask for, whether it is a singles ministry leader, whether it is a building, whatever the case may be, your faith will increase hands down. Thank you. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.